I know. I personally, I'm not too happy about it. I, I like, I like cleaning the roster of all the Almeida guys, but I don't really think it's too fair for the younger guys. I think uh, we lost Eric Calvillo, another one that possibly it's Tony Takes favorite because he was our first uh, interview, but Tommy Williamson as well. Uh, we wasted, I guess, a first-round pick on this guy when our first-round picks are usually good, right? We usually get guys like Jackson Yule, Tanner Beeson, things that we go ahead and, you know, we use. Uh, Jamin, I think you're on mute if you want to go ahead and talk, but, uh, yeah, Jamin, yeah, what are your thoughts? I think there, I mean, there's obviously some surprises in there, right? And I think particularly to your point of the young guys, when you know that there's a reserve league that's going to be formed. And by the way, this is no secret anymore. I think for a while, you know, there was, you know, while some of us like the athletic and, and we've been talking about it, you know, on the aftershock for a bit and talked to Jesse Fiorinelli, even, you know, last uh, preseason, you know, about it a bit and why he formed the U23 team and had them join in preseason, you know, it was all kind of leading toward, we needed this place to develop players and we needed a place for the young players to get playing time and, you know, this was an exciting part of the initiative. And I don't think that Chris Leach doesn't believe in, uh, you know, the U23 initiative or whatever it'll end up being if it's more of a, a reserve league, you know, for, for players on the lower end of the rosters. But um, and, and we don't know yet what the what those rosters are going to look like. You know, is that just another extension onto the supplemental? Is it its own completely separate roster? How are players going to move between the rosters and things like that? But it does seem a bit curious when you've got young guys like uh, like Jacob Akanyaridge and Eric Abio and and Tommy as well, that you know, you would think you would want guys like that to be potentially available on this roster. Now, we also have heard that in some cases there may be some restructured deals, and I think Paul Marie is one yeah. uh, that is likely to come back on a restructured deal. Is that you know, a lower deal because he's only 90 K right. Or is, right. is it, is it, Hey, Paul Murray actually had a really good season. We want to actually compensate him to the level that we think he's going to, to be for the team going forward. Maybe he'll get a better salary. You know, we don't really know what restructuring in this case means. Right. Right. So right. we can only, we can only kind of speculate. And to me, like those are some of the really interesting part of this. I think we, it was a foregone conclusion that many of Almeida's guys were not going to be brought back. Um, and I felt like that was never really a, a question mark, but there are some surprises in the supplemental roster for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I the surprises kind of came, I want to say kind of like out of left field, right? The younger guys, you would expect them. I mean, all of our, I would say our loanies did pretty well abroad. I mean, not abroad, but in USL last year. So it does come to me as a surprise that Eric Cavillo just coming off of a, you know, USL win, and a game that he played in and, and played well, you know, and then he's starting to get El Salvador looks. It just seems a little odd that, you know, Eric Calvillo isn't going to be on this roster anymore and relatively cheaper deals too, but maybe they're making room for something. Um, I, I don't, I have no idea because it's just, it seems like with that new U23 team or the, the reserve team, it seems like some of these guys, um, could at least be on that roster i know jacob is a guy who could probably be on the you know reserve side roster and i know some of the fans are saying in the Titanic takes discord that he went to a high school nearby 
and would do both at the same time. He would go to high school and uh, play you know, professional soccer. So he, the kid had potential, but just seems really odd that some of the younger guys um, got cut. And Tommy Williamson, I want to talk a little bit about too, because that, that guy played very well. I mean, he played very well for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And something that goes a little unnoticed is that team actually um, didn't get to play in their playoff game because of a COVID problem because um they i believe some of their party or some of their team members had a party so they actually had to forfeit their game in the playoffs so just all around unfortunate for our last year's first round pick and i i just have to say why are we wasting a first round pick if you know matias doesn't i mean if if they'll if chris leach and matias don't see anything in him for next year so it just seems a little bit of a question mark for me um ivan if you can go ahead and see I'm going to invite you to speak. Let me see if the, that can help you. Um, Jamin, I know you're pretty confident with these Twitter spaces. Do you know how to explain, if you can possibly explain to Ivan how to accept the co-host? <laughs> That's a good question. I think I just get a pop-up on my phone, yeah. on my iPhone, and just accept it. So <laughs> no I'm not sure I, not sure I can. I'm, I've, uh, I've been on these, I think, four or five times, but I'm never yeah. hosting them myself. So, yeah, I'm no not worries. quite sure. No worries. And then uh, I see Carlos Eustace in here. If Carlos, if you want to give kind of an opinion about the roster moves, I know um, you probably have a couple of opinions. If you want to just quickly hop in, let's see if you can. I'm here. I just hey. cut off a bit. Since hey, Carlos was adding me on that process in between, he cut out the whole question. <laughs> hey, Jay. How are you guys? Hey, hey. Carlos and I are, are debating the effects of, uh, of uh, MLS um, post game. Uh, configurations this morning. If anyone wants to catch that thread, we had a nice little back and forth about that as well. Yeah, the the two leg the two leg playoffs compared to the one leg playoffs. Um, I mean, unfortunately, I feel like sometimes when if you have a new project, that always happens, right? Whenever you have somebody else that comes new, it's always is always gonna be. You know, there's going to be most of the time when you have a new person in charge, they're going to clean house one way or another. Right. And I feel a little bit of that is, is what, we, what we saw with this. Uh, also, the amount of money that was allocated for salaries in a lot of those players is also one of the main reasons why that had to be done. And then we'll see. Everything comes back comes down to what the restructure is going to be. Because if you're going to let go of pieces that eh, more or less were responding I mean, not all of them, but some of them, when you see so many names in there, mm. it all depends. It's it, Everything's going to be hindsight because if they come with a better project and they bring all these players that are actually going to work out and feel in the system and, and, the, and they, they end up having a playoff run and a deep playoff run, we're not going to remember that they got rid of Calvillo or some of these younger guys. But if they don't, that's the first thing we're going to talk about, right? So mm. to me, that's that's the main core you know, issue. Like You have to see it now. When you see it now... We all have ideas like on our tables it's really easy to know what's going to happen or like imagine how things should happen. But then on the reality, we, we will have to wait to see what the moves ahead of this to compensate for what, you know, what the decisions are. Yeah. And Carlos, I know kind of you're, you know a lot more of the Mexican media um, compared to me or Jamin. Um, what's kind of the rumblings about trophies? I know maybe a lot of the fans here don't know what his situation was in Mexico, but um, do you have any insight on that? Uh, well, Chavis, as everybody knows, he extended his contract. Um, well, he's not his contract. He extended his loan 
for six more months. Chivas does want Chofis to stay with the team. That's a that's a move that Chivas wants to make it happen. Chivas is not interested in retaining the player um, by any reason. So it all comes down if they can negotiate a good price for him. Because I think the asking price, I don't know if the Quakes are comfortable with, and those mm-hmm. are the conversations that are going back and forth. And there's also the fact that I feel the extension of the loan comes down to the Quakes saying, well, he did really well. Let me see if he can keep up that same level of production, and then I'll make you know, I make sure I can put that money in there. Because yeah. for whatever reason, these next six months, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't show up the way he's been showing. Then there'll be a little bit of like, mm, do I really want him? Should right. we keep him? But I think that's that's where that is. But I mean, I think Chuffis is really happy here. Um, I'm actually, this is an exclusive, I'm actually talking to him tomorrow. Oh, okay. So we'll have that interview on Telemundo on Sunday. So we'll talk about, you know, what this means to him, what, why does he want, why do he want to stay? So a lot of those answers, I actually will get them tomorrow. Hey, Carlos, I have a question for you. One of the uh, points of a little bit of confusion, I, and I couldn't even get a clarification, you know, from the Quakes on this because uh, PR, I don't think, even knew the answer. Do you happen to know, does his contract with Shivas end after the six months? And what does that mean for the Quakes' ability to sign him beyond that? Does, do they still have to... If his contract is ending, then it seems like they would basically be able to pick him up on a free transfer and make him an offer for a contract. But if Shiva somehow still holds his rights, then, of course, the Quakes would have to negotiate, you know, a transfer fee, you know, potentially for him. So do you do you know the answer to that question? Uh, I know his contract is definitely up um, after this summer. So, yes, uh, there's also a chance Obviously, Chivas will not want to lose that money if they can, right? Because that will be, that'll be a, big, a big waste for them. So they're trying to convince the, the Quakes to put that into place before that happens. But yes, he could go on a free transfer in the summer. And then that will mean that the Quakes can extend enough for that contract up front without having to pay any money to Chivas. So there's also well, what, that decision. But then what would be the, uh, what would be the incentive to the Quakes to do that business with Shiva so they could just wait six months and do it directly with the player, right? It, it all depends on how they can negotiate the contract because the difference is if you negotiate the contract directly with the player once he's a free transfer, yes, it is a free transfer, but you still need to pay some rights to the Mexican league. Like, free transfers uh. are not free. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no. Anywhere yeah, in the world. Sense. So you will still need to pay and higher wages because that's how the player justifies letting himself go free so that you have to enter a country with higher wages than the one you can negotiate with the team so it not necessarily balance itself out but it's a usually teams do that in good faith like by me giving you money there's more likely i can look at another cheapest player and you can give it to me and we can negotiate in better than if you just you know i take it for free so that's more right. or less what I- so it's basically it would be like, hey, let's maintain a good relationship here with Shivas that we've already built. We may you may have good business we want to do in the future, and so let's just all, all stay in good graces with each other. Yeah, that is correct. Mm-hmm. And I would assume so, since this is what you know one of the biggest Mexican teams that we want to keep a good relationship with, especially since I mean we've gotten players from them before. So um, I would say maybe let's 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 hope for a transfer fee, but let's understand that we have to pay a little bit of it as well coming up. Um, I finally have Ivan here. Ivan, 
I wanted to get your quick. Uh, Ivan, if you guys don't know, is my co-host on the Ton of Cakes, and I wanted to see if you um, you had any I, thoughts on the roster moves that that came out yesterday. Ivan, you there? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Ivan, hello. I think you're cutting out. So, Maybe it's better. Oh, there you go. How about now? There you go. Okay. So my initial thoughts was panic, but that's because my math was wrong. I thought we were down to 15 roster members, but then I forgot to add three and two from the goalkeepers and forwards. So we're down to 20 uh, roster members at this time. So with the extended bench, that'd be enough to just fill out that bench of nine along with the starting 11. My main confusion, though, is so we have four players that uh, two are still on the roster, two no longer are on the roster that were on loan at USL this season. And I feel like the ones with more impressive seasons, Calvillo and Williamson, were let go in lieu of Casey Walls, who did get a lot of uh, minutes at Austin Bold, and then Gilbert Fuentes, who was disappeared for a large stretch of that season. So... That was an interesting decisions, I believe. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially since, I mean, we, they had options, so it might have been a little easier to get rid of the, you know, Cavillo and uh, Tommy Williamson. But I have no doubt in my mind that these players are going to get picked up either by USL teams or in this next upcoming re-entry draft that the MLS uh, does in the upcoming month. Maybe we're going to see Tommy Williamson go to another team in the MLS and, uh, Maybe the same goes for Cavio. I can see Cavio easily in like a Houston Dynamo or even the FC Dallas type of team where he could. They need a lot of players to come in. Um, but no, I, I I feel I feel a little bad for them on a personal side because they balled out in USL, right? So what does that what does that show to the you know the rest of the guys there that are younger? Hey, if we're gonna send you down to USL, um, even if you do as well as you possibly can, which I, some would say Cavio and Williamson did. You know, there's no place for them in the team next year. So it's a little scary if you're a younger player on that team. Um, I want to just go ahead and ask, what are the biggest needs that the Quakes have now with these roster moves? Uh, let's start with Jamin. Jamin, what do you think the Quakes need to do in this offseason uh, before they get, you know, starting to play? For me, the biggest hole uh, has been right back. It, it, and it's been the same story for the last two years. You know, obviously, they would have loved to have gotten Miguel Ayun last off season, you know, I think there was a lot writing on that happening and it and then it didn't happen. And I think it, it probably affected the trajectory of the season, you know, quite a bit, along with obviously the Jeremy Abobasi move happening and then him getting injured. I think there are like if you look at like two big events that really kind of impacted the way the season turned out, you certainly can look at those two events. Um and so that hole still exists. I don't think it necessarily needs to be filled with a DP. Uh in fact I, I think that Vancouver didn't make the best move there in, in putting a DP into that, that spot before. So I wouldn't advise the Quakes to do that here, but I would like to see a TAM level player, someone with like, you know, Nathan's uh, caliber um, on the defensive side, this team needs to stop leaking goals and they need to stop leaking goals immediately. And so to me, it comes down to bringing in some, someone of quality at the left back, you know, question mark, I think, you know, is Marcos Lopez going to remain with this team? Uh, obviously, you've heard rumors out there. So right. if you lose Marcos Lopez, now you also have to do the same at the left back position. To me, 
you know, and particularly while we're waiting for what's going on with Paul Marie, but I wouldn't consider Paul Marie an everyday starter regardless. I think he's, he's fine as a, as a second, second option in either of those spots, but they really do need to go out and get a right back. If nothing else to solidify this defense and give themselves a little bit better cushion and then uh, be able to go in and, and do whatever else they feel they need to in the attack, whether that's to bring in a 10 to hedge in case Shofis doesn't stay. Um, that's where I would like a, a DP player. I could see a DP, uh, you know, winger on the left side, particularly as well. The, the problem with that is you're now you're going to rob from Benji and Cade minutes in order to be able to do that. If you're starting above C and Espinoza. So there's some really interesting questions here. It'd be, it'd be fascinating to see, what Leach does, but I have to believe with these moves uh, made that he made, he's got a plan and I'm really intrigued to see how all this turns out. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see if Leach goes the Colorado way, you know, with the MLS veterans or maybe grabs a couple of talented players in this re MLS draft uh, re-entry draft, because looking at a lot of the teams, a lot of quality got their options declined this year. And I'm not completely sure why, it just seems like maybe MLS is, you know, maybe still suffering a little bit from coronavirus or from COVID, like the, the business side of things. And maybe the contracts are a bit inflated, uh, but a lot of quality like Nico Benazette, to name one from Seattle, uh, Kellen Rowe from Seattle, and then uh, Ayo Akinola from Toronto. So there's definitely a lot of quality that got declined. And I know a lot of people here know this name and they don't like it, but Giovanni Dos Santos or no, Jonathan Dos Santos, I'm sorry got declined as well for the LA Galaxy and the Galaxy is actually looking to trade uh, Sebastian Legette so maybe that's a guy that we get to see come home uh, but Carlos what do you expect from this team in this offseason and what do you want to see from the team um, if you want to go ahead and give your opinion I mean what I, what I want to see um, <laughs> I guess like what everybody you know what everybody has said <laughs> before there has to be some investment to make a competitive roster right. But with that, because I feel like one of the things that the Quakes had and they, they showed was that they could be competitive with their starting lineup. The problem was that once you start piling up minutes on that lineup, you start losing that depth because the guy behind the starter was way far from that. So for me to think that they were going to invest in some, some somebody like Jonathan Dos Santos, I don't think is realistic. There will have to be someone in the middle of the line so they can get somebody who can play that position and then somebody else. And that's where it's going to start getting a little, you know, a little confusing or a little complicated. Um, for example, like think about it. You right now, you actually, you know, stroke gold with Kanovich if he can keep up with that. But I will still want to have one more striker just so you can have that rotation. Um, what Jamin said, it's it's totally true. I think the the biggest gap they have it's at the the right back, and it all depends where Mark Lopez stays or not. They still need to get another backup goalie. <laughs> I mean, they have him your child, but that kid's 15 years old, so you can't be behind Marcikowski. So there's going to be a lot of those pieces, especially, and I, and I feel like on that re-entry draft, they're going to go and go find it. And that's where Lich work and whoever the scouting team is, uh, is going to come really handy. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, seeing Emi Ochoa possibly get some, you know, some caps in for the, for the senior team already is a little scary, right? Having a 15-year-old kid, um, think about you know homecoming and then as well as uh, blocking shots from uh, from Rui Diaz so yeah that's definitely a spot that they do need to fill and it's a glaring hole um, but yeah if we I think we're all in agreement that we may see Paul Marie come back um, on a uh, 
you know, on a bigger deal possibly. Uh, but another piece of news that came out today was that we're, if you're a season ticket holder for the San Jose Earthquakes, you're going to get a Shea Salinas bobblehead. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to see Shea Salinas get his own little fairway, uh, farewell tour in San Jose. So uh, I'm excited for all you guys that's going to get that. Ivan, what do you think of the bobblehead? and Or what do you think about the roster moves? And are you excited for this next upcoming year? So I'll start with my uh, ideas for what the team needs are. And I, I agree with it, Jamin, that if they can keep Marcos Lopez, whether it be for half a season or all of 2022, a back line of Marcos Lopez, Tanner Beeson, Nathan, and a quality right back, wouldn't be a bad back line at all. So that is definitely a priority for me. I also think they need another creative player. I think whether it be a winger or number 10, if nothing else for an insurance policy in case that they cannot re-sign trophies in the summer. But even then, like you could potentially bring someone else in, even if trophies is intended to stay, because I think they need more competition in that role. I think we need to see what Bovisi can bring to the table in 2022. We need to see uh, what Cowell and Kikanovich, what they look like next year. We want to give them every opportunity to continue to grow and develop. But at the same time, we've been growing and developing player, and we've been kind of in a circle for the last decade or so. So if we want to make that next step up to being a more consistent presence in the playoffs in this next few seasons, then that might be the next logical move. And I love the Shea Salinas bobblehead idea. I think Shea Salinas definitely deserves his flowers and his credit for all the work he has put in. It's going to be weird to see Salinas play with not Wando, but he's going to step up and he's going to be the leader that we know he can be. Yeah, no, definitely. And we're, we're going to be able to see, you know, Shea Salinas retire or maybe not be with the Quakes anymore you know, right after Wondolowski. So we get a quick one-two punch the way they would have probably wanted it, right? An assist from Shea Salinas to a Wando retirement. But it's definitely something that, that we all saw coming, and it's nice that at least we get to, you know, send off Shea Salinas the right way um, with this bobblehead. At least we can do that. Um, but looking forward, I know Jamin has the aftershock coming up later, and Carlos has a nice piece coming up with, uh, Chopis Lopez on Telemundo. So if you guys can, please go ahead and, and support these guys, as well as our Benji Kikanovich interview will come out probably today or tomorrow. Uh, Ted Ramey actually has a Benji Kikanovich interview on his podcast, The Soccer Hours. So there's a whole bunch of Quakes content coming out. So please go ahead and uh, listen to all of our all of our uh, stuff for the Quakes. And I want to end this space. Thank you all you guys for going ahead and listening to us. But I'm going to ask all the guys one last question. Uh, what do you expect from the team this year? And what are you most excited for as a fan or as an, anal an, an analyst? Anything that you want to talk about uh, of the Quakes? We'll start with Jamin. Jamin, what do you think? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm most excited for what Chris Leach is going to do, you know, with these moves. Uh, by creating this much cap space and creating this much, you know, roster space, and just you can tell everything he has done so far seems to have a plan to it. Now, we may not see that plan right now. It may seem disappointing uh, to see young players off the roster. But I don't think these moves are, are made, you know, out of spite or, or just because, you know, whatever, you know, a reason that we may think. I, I think there's a bigger plan here. And I'm just really excited to see how this comes together. And I'm also in interested to see how he works with Matias Almeida going forward. And do we see a Matias Almeida 
that comes back with more energy, rejuvenated from from family time. You know, we understand he had a tough season without his dad. And so, you know, can Almeida come back and really uh, put his energy into this team and to this last year of his contract? And, and can we see, you know, things get turned around? And, I, you know, I want to see this team make playoffs. I want to see this team with a positive goal differential for the first time in several years. Um, it's been since 2015. So there's a good bit of work going on. And I'm just uh, excited to see, you know, how it all uh, starts to play out over this offseason. Yep, and I wanted to talk a little bit actually about MLS. Uh, Jim Curtin's like rumored move from Philadelphia Union to uh, Cincinnati FC really kind of brought brought it to attention to me because I think either we're going all in with Almeida this year and the roster space or the cap space that was opened up is really going to prove it. You know, if Almeida can do what he can do in MLS, because to me it seems like hey if if a guy like Jim Curtin, I know he's he's very you know decorated, can get some offers from a team like Cincinnati, I feel like Almeida must have gotten a call from the teams that are still looking for position or for a coach like LAFC, for example. So I, I think the Quakes are all in on this Almeida, and I think this is going to be Almeida 2.0. So I'm excited to, to see Chris Leach work alongside Almeida to see what they can brew up to make so to make it so that this team is competitive this year and and they could definitely compete with. In the playoffs, because look at the playoffs now, right? The one seed's gone. You know, New England, Seattle, they're both gone. And let's see who's going to win this whole thing. But, um, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be an exciting offseason for the Quakes. And if you're an MLS fan, uh, Carlos, what are you what are you most excited for this offseason? And what do you want to see from the team? Are you there? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see a renewal. I mean, one of those things that... As, as sad as it is to see Chris Wondolowski go, I feel like it's a new era regardless, regardless of what happens. So I'm excited to see how that can shape up because, you know, you came from wonderful years to really terrible years to kind of like somewhere in the middle. So right now, technically, if you went, if you went from terrible to middle, the tendency is to go up. So hopefully that's what, that's what we're seeing. That's on the fandom side. Yeah. Um, what I think is going to happen, and one of the things that I feel it's is great for the team, and this has been from the beginning, is the fact that Almeida's been all in on this team. Almeida loves being here. Like to me, there's no doubt about it. We've talked to him about it. Um, this year was particularly rough because of everything that happened with with his family, and particularly, obviously, the death of his father. But also, he was really close to losing his mother, and I think that really took a toll mentally on on where he was and 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 the not necessarily the effort, but how he felt about soccer in general. So, you know, as things heal a little bit, he'll be able to 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 do that. And I feel that there's another, the fact that you're bringing Wondo into the front office and having kind of be like a medium guy in between the front office, Matias and yeah. the team, all the things are pointing in, in a direction where the team should glue together. And then it's just a matter of seeing where the decisions actually work or not and like i said it's like i can't really judge leech's decisions until they happen and until they show on the field because i could be really excited about something in my workout i might not be excited about something workout like unfortunately that's that's the that's the problem with that job it's not until we can do it in hindsight that you can say like well this was good it was not but i feel like at least it seems that the team is trying to make the moves in the right direction and it's just also on the ownership to see how much they actually care for the team and to invest it and, and make it turn around. 
but it's going to be hard again because you're still feeling the effects of COVID. Right. No, definitely. And we'll see how it all plays out. Guys, I think we might have a little special treat. I, I see some of the listeners in here, and I see Eric Winalda in here. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on, on the roster moves that happened. I know uh, maybe you can't say some things, but I would love to see if you wanted to come talk. I invited you to speak. So uh, if you are interested in telling all the fans here what you think of the roster moves and what do you think of this Quakes team, please go ahead and accept and, and, and talk if you would like to. But I'm going to go to Ivan. Ivan. What do you think? Oh, actually, yeah, here we have Eric Winalda. Sorry, Ivan, let me go quickly to Eric, and then we'll go to Ivan. Eric, how's it going? Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of this team? What do you think of the roster moves? What do you expect from the San Jose Earthquakes team next year? I think you just have to unmute your mic, and then we're all set. On the bottom left corner, there's a mic there. Just click that, and then you're ready to talk. But, yeah, guys, again, I'm excited. I'm completely excited for this team. I feel like we get to see another season of the guys who stayed, I mean, at least Rometty, gel with Yudsin and and Yule. So I'm curious how that kind of plays out. Um, I know there's a couple of – there's a couple of rumors that that on the Teutonic Takes Discord that we were talking about. Uh, One of the fans saw Christian Espinoza post an NYCFC jersey. But it may just be that he has a player on, the, you know, a friend on the team. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Welcome, welcome to our space. Hey, guys, uh, just listening in. Uh, interesting, um, always to uh, to hear your guys' perspective uh, on, on what's going on. So I'm always uh, always curious because I still care quite a great deal about the club. So um, I didn't really, I wasn't really planning on commenting, but I no, no worries, no worries. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no worries. If you if you wanted to say anything about your excitement next year, or as a, as a fan, uh, anything you would like to say? Well, I mean, I I can tell you this. I I, I won't I won't expound on it too much. But uh, my words with friends, buddy uh, Chris Wondolowski and I talk about this quite a bit. Yeah. But uh, he is uh, it, it it to to kind of echo, uh, you know, what what some of you have already said about. Um, uh, Chris's inclusion in this, I, I think that that is such a phenomenal move for the organization to immediately embrace uh, what he is and what he stands for, um, to have him around. Uh, he's such a, uh, a tremendous leader, but uh, not just because of the, the, the goal scoring accolades, but really just the person that he is. I thought that was such a smart move by Chris. Um, that's That's a really good move in the right direction. And I think that also... Uh, helps some of the well, will, will be some of the new players coming in uh, and the players that already are familiar with the the club. Yeah. To to not have, especially with transition, I, I think that 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 helps a great deal. But I'm look, I I, I share in your guys' disappointment with some of the stuff that um, as as uh, fans of the club, you you have to endure when uh, there's just so there, it, sometimes it, it looks like there's a lack of cohesion with the with the group and. The, the results were quite sporadic at times and understanding I made a situation with his family. I, I, I understand that all too well. I lost my, my mother and my brother in the same. Eric, you there? Hello? I think we may have lost Eric. Uh, Eric. I'm back. Are you there? Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. You were saying that you, you, uh, that you had a personal loss as well. Yeah, so I mean, understanding you know how how difficult that can be for um, uh, you know being in a leadership position and uh, trying to really bring the energy 
that's necessary to uh, create the culture that you want to have in the club. I, I think, um, I, you know, my, my thoughts and prayers are with him because that's, that's tough. That's, that's, and you have to commend the guy for, for, uh, you know, just kind of powering through that. And that's, I'm sure he's had a lot of support, uh, support, but uh, it's not easy. It's not an easy task. So that, that, that kind of puts a, uh, I don't know, an asterisk next to this, this past year, but, but mm. uh, like, like, like many of you, I think, I, I think, really looking forward to see what Leachy can do. Uh, he's a good guy. He knows the club. He, uh, he understands, you know, you know, a couple of things. I mean, it's managing up, managing down. I think he's a perfect yeah. guy for, for that role. And, um, you know, and he ha- he's the kind of guy that when he picks up the phone and he calls another GM or he calls uh, another club, uh, there's an immediate response because there's a lot of, res- a lot of respect for him. So that's, that's a, it's a huge component of that job. So I'm, I'm hoping that, um, that once that, you know, and I think someone had previously mentioned that it seems that there is, is a plan in place. I, I do believe there is too. I mean, Chris wouldn't do it anything without a plan. That's just the way he is. But I think, um, I think I'm just as, uh, anxious to see the club get back on track as everybody else. So listen, I didn't want to jump in on your guys' party. Uh, no, that, no, no. I, I wasn't, um, I'm honored. My intention. <laughs> I'm honored. I saw Eric with all that. I was like, Oh, let's get him to talk. Here we go. Uh, but no, no, it's, it's, it's good to hear from you guys. I, um, uh, I'll let you get back to it, but I, right, I thank uh, you. you know, I'm, I'm just like everybody else, man. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> that, that things can, uh, things can get better. Get see that, uh, uh, see the quakes above that red line. You know, it's, it's been, it's been a while with the playoffs. So, um, and we, we saw what happened with the playoffs this year. I mean, it, it, it really is, a bizarre turn of events and uh, it's it's just a matter of, of getting to the finish line and then being informed when when you get there and I, I think the quakes are fully capable of that next year yeah and I know I know you're pretty close to Chris Wondolowski Eric did he tell you anything about talking about on uh, Sirius XM or how how he's doing so far <laughs> I've been sworn to secrecy man I don't want to get uh... the guy in trouble I mean it's it's one of those <laughs> things where we uh you know, I, I, I've made it very clear to him that I'm a, uh, you know, over the years uh, when I was working yeah. as a commentator, the, I've just been a fan of the way he goes about his business. And, um, you know, it's, he's, he's not, he's no different than some of these other guys. I mean, even Jimmy Curtin, you just mentioned a minute ago, I talked mm. to Jimmy about once a, once every, uh, once a month, twice, twice a month. And yeah. it's always trying to help out with, um, you know, ideas and, and you know how do you how do you navigate through some of these uh, these situations? I would be very surprised to see him leave. I I, I think I think he's a Philly boy through through and through. We were teammates in Chicago, and I I, I don't know about that's that that idea mm-hmm. to go to Cincinnati, Cincinnati, whether the offer's really real or not, or that could be a bunch of agents just trying to play with our emotions. Who knows? But right. I think <laughs> I think. Um, I think when it comes to Chris, this is a great new chapter in his life. And what you guys need to realize is sometimes when a, a professional player retires, um, it's it's a strange time, man. You you if you don't have, I got lucky because I went straight into television. But uh, a lot of friends, a lot of guys that that weren't you know necessarily sure about their future, it can be a very confusing time. So it, it, to have that kind of direction and to have the ability to just kind of step into a role that and an organization that's going to let him grow um, is, is really smart. It's smart of the, the, it's smart of the quakes to do it. And 
it's a great opportunity for Chris because he can grow into so many different things, whether he goes corporate or he ends up on the sidelines, who knows? But yeah. he's, uh, he's the kind of guy that has enough heart and enough caring in him, um, not just about the people around him, but about the organization that, that he's going to be a tremendous asset in the future. Well, I appreciate all your thoughts. Thank you, Eric. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. No, it's okay. No, it's all good, guys. I'll, I'll go back to listening, all right? You guys appreciate all do well. Thank God bless you. you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, all right. Well, so we have Ivan. Ivan, what do you expect from this team? Um, I know that was a nice little break we had there, but let's go back to the roster moves. What do you want to see from this Quakes team, and, and um, what do you expect for next year? So, since I know we're, uh, it looks like we're kind of getting to the end of the space, a uh, quick uh, shameless plug. Uh, if you want to go to my pinned tweet uh, to see my latest article covering the biggest motivators for the top remaining MLS Cup playoff teams, please do check that out when we're done here. But what I am, what my philosophy is with these roster moves, regardless of what league I'm following, is I want to give every player a shot, whether they're a big transfer, whether they're an under-the-radar transfer, a free transfer, whatever the case may be, because you never know like which uh, moves are going to pan out or which ones are going to surprise you, hopefully in a positive way. So I agree with uh, Carlos Eustis that, unfortunately, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty when it comes to analyzing roster decisions, and we won't know until the games start coming thick and fast whether they are working out or not. But I think it is a, a new era post Chris Wondolowski for the first time in 16 years for the San Jose Earthquakes. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And the main takeaway is that the uh, celebration of the 2001 MLS Cup championship team and Chris Wondolowski's retirement at the end of the season cushioned the blow a little bit for another failure to make the playoffs. Uh, even though they didn't squeak in in 2020. So can this organization build on that goodwill, those good vibes, and get us off to a better start than we did last season where we started off with a loss to Houston Dynamo. We won three, and then it was bumpy from there on in. So if we can have more of a stable beginning, I know we start off with the New York Red Bulls, who are a playoff team this year, and they're probably going to undergo a lot a bit of a metamorphosis in the offseason themselves. Uh, we can start off strong with a strong performance, maybe a good result, and then build on that the next few games after that, then this will really feel like a, a new story rather than a, the same chapter in this frustrating story of so close but so far. Yeah, no, and especially I, looking back at last season, thanks for bringing that up, Ivan, and thank you for your insight. Um, the Quakes started off strong, but the guys looked like one or two steps, you know, behind because we didn't have that true preseason. I remember we were down zero to two to the Oakland Roots, and all of a sudden, Chofis and Kate Cowell start to, you know, you know, come alive. So I want to see a preseason, a real preseason out of this Quakes team because that's how you, you know, start with your right foot forward because this team needs to be at fitness right at the jump. So it definitely I look forward to seeing the preseason schedule. I look forward to seeing the start of the season. And guys, remember, this is a short offseason. I mean, we're less than 90 days away from the start of the next MLS season. So it's it's going to come quick. I know this MLS season is going to end. The, the playoffs have been pretty exciting. 
But this next offseason is going to be real quick. And we're all looking forward to it. And I'm going to let all the guys talk one last time to, to plug whatever they want to plug. But make sure – I know a lot of people here are listening. Make sure you follow all of us. Uh, Jamin, follow Jamin, follow Eric, follow Carlos, follow Ivan, and everybody else that covers Quakes Media because we, we're all in this together, guys. And and if we want to grow the, the club and we want to grow – you know, the fan base, we got to do it together. It doesn't, you know, we got to support all of the, all of the media brands and everybody. Um, but I want to thank all you guys for taking the time to listen to what we have to say. And Jamin, if you want to go ahead and plug whatever you want to plug for today, I know you have an aftershock coming after this, but uh, yeah, so, you want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. 7 PM tonight, myself, Alex Morgan. I mean, the guy who knows everything about the roster stuff, we all bow down to him uh, on this stuff. Uh, Colin Ettenier and Asher Cohn, who just put out a great article about uh, Jackson Ewell's uh, 2021 season. And uh, a lot of us felt they took a step back. And Asher said, well, wait a second, guys. You know, there there's some stuff that I think we need to pull out here and, and compare and talk about what they were asking Jackson to do compared to previous years. And really insightful stuff. So, you know, check it out, quicksepicenter.com. Uh, that's available for everyone now. I will have probably in my second uh, article in my series um, about, uh, you know, can Leach turn the ship around? Uh, and we'll talk about the financial part now that we've got a better sense for what's going on on the cap space. And uh, that'll be coming out next week as well. And then just an article on American Soccer Analysis about the strength of home field advantage and how to win. Uh, away teams need to win on the road. Hopefully the Quakes are reading that. Uh, we need to uh, see some improvements on both the home and away side. But uh, definitely check out the Aftershock tonight, 7 p.m. Uh, and we'll, uh, of course, post a link on the, on the uh, Quakes Epicenter uh, uh, Twitter uh, handle. So thank All you. Right. Appreciate appreciate the time, Fabian. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Jamin. Thank you for your time. And uh, we appreciate you giving us your insights and your time. Carlos, I know you have a Chofis Lopez interview coming tomorrow, and you've been busy with the 49ers. Maybe you're the good luck charm. But do you have anything you want to go ahead and plug for, for all this audience here? No, I mean, everybody knows that we're, I mean, even though I do this in English, we're the only real Spanish outlet that stays with the Quakes. Uh, we're the house in the Quakes in, in Spanish. We try to bring as much as as we can uh, for all the Spanish speakers, because there's quite a few in the Bay Area. And the same goes for the Niners. Like, that's how I cover the Niners in Spanish. So, no, just everybody, thank you thank you for listening. And, yes, on Sunday, I'm actually going to run that, that piece of trophies on Sunday. Um, we'll see what, what he has to say about what he feels about staying and, and, and what he's looking forward for the next season. And hopefully we'll get more coverage and some other, some other games also in, in Spanish for the next year. Yeah, and uh, Carlos, what time is the, is the piece running? Do you know what time it's going to go up on Sunday? Yes, it's 6 p.m. It's going to be our 6 p.m. newscast. Uh, it's around like 6 20 for the, for the sports segment. And then I'll have a longer piece after it airs on on digital. So you can follow it. I'll post, I'll post it on my social media too. So it's easier. Perfect. Thank you so much, Carlos. And thank you for your time. And I'm going to round this out with Ivan. Ivan, do you have anything to plug? I know you're my co host. Um, we are going to release a Benji Kakanovich interview in the day or two. So please keep an eye out for that. And Ivan, what do you want to go ahead and talk about? I know you want to plug probably what I want to plug, but I'll, go, I'll let you do it. 
Yeah, so just once again, uh, you can see my latest article, my pinned tweet. Uh, I talk about the Final Four clubs, Ralph Salt Lake, Portland Timbers, Philadelphia Union, and New York City. Uh, what are their main motivating factors? And just a bit of a preview for that. They all probably have the same thought right now. This is our opportunity. So one of those dreams are going to come true and then but disappointment's going to mount for the three teams that inevitably do lose so just seeing what the stakes are and it'll for many of us we're all San Jose Earthquakes fans here maybe it's tougher for some of us to be invested in the playoffs right now but I believe that MLS is a story with a beginning and an end and the ending could potentially influence uh, some of the possibilities for San Jose Earthquakes uh, next season we just don't know it yet so Definitely do check out my article, even if you don't feel like tuning into the playoffs. But you definitely should be watching the playoffs because it's absolute chaos. Yeah, and uh, I want to thank you, Ivan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank all you guys for listening to us today. It was a pleasure. We had Jamin come on. We had Carlos Eustace and Ivan. And we even had Eric Winalda stop by. So thank you guys so much. Uh, keep going ahead and, you know, supporting this Quakes team because they definitely need it in this time. And I want to thank all of you guys. Please feel free to follow myself, Fabian Rankle, Jamin Moore, Carlos Eustace, and Ivan Ornelas to help us grow. We appreciate that. And all I have to say is go Quakes. Take care, guys. Go Quakes. Bye.